Welcome to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast, brought to you by Asfalis Advisors and the Disaster Recovery Journal. Crisis management in today's world is ever-changing, and this podcast is our commitment to help you navigate successful outcomes for any crisis you may face. I'm your host, Vanessa Matthews. I specialize in providing insights and solutions for crisis, continuity, and resilience across industries from real estate and healthcare to terrorism in the airline and transportation worlds. No matter what industry you're in, this podcast will provide you the tools to build resilience in your organization. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Resilience Decoded podcast. Today, I'm very excited to invite another guest that we've had on previously, Mark Armour with Brinks. He is a Senior Director of IT Governance, Risk, and Compliance. But before we get into today's podcast episode, I'd like to share a few resilience resources and reminders. And as follows news, if you would like to recommend a guest on the podcast, download our five-step crisis strategy guides to help you use to navigate any business through any crisis. Or if you would like to request me, your host, as a speaker, you can check all of those links in the show notes for today's episode. In DRJ News, DRJ hosts a webinar every Wednesday. They also have an active journal for the industry. In addition to that, um, if you would like to register for an upcoming conference, all of those links are in the show notes for you. And lastly, if you enjoy our podcast, we would absolutely love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, anywhere where you find your podcast. This helps us to know that we're adding value to you, and also it helps us to find more subscribers. So with that, we're going to jump into our episode. Mark. How you doing? I'm excellent. How are you, Vanessa? Doing very well. I'm so glad to see you again. <laughs> yeah, same here. Same here. It's been a while. <laughs> so uh, the last time we had you on the podcast was in February of 2019. So a lot has happened <laughs> in our world and probably in your own life. Can you catch our listeners up on um, what has changed for, for you since we talked to you about three years ago? Sure, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give it my, my best shot. Um, yeah, what's happened in the past couple of years? I can't think of anything of, of, of note. Um, like, so like everybody, right, the past two years has been, has been challenging. Um, my hair is thinner and it's grayer and maybe a little bit longer. Um, uh, but, you know, like, like everybody, I've, I've adjusted. Um, like everybody at the start of the pandemic, I found myself not doing a whole heck, heck of a lot um, personally. Um, so really the past year and a half, I've, I've lost a little bit of weight gotten a little bit more exercise. Um, and then professionally, uh, last year in 2021, took on a new role, um, as you mentioned, uh, global IT governance, risk and compliance. Uh, fortunately, as part of that role, I still get to own um, the, the business continuity component. So for people who don't understand or who just may not know the complexity of what that role means from a Brinks perspective, what, what specifically are, are you doing? Ah, so uh, governance, which is kind of uh, our policies and how we align to standards and frameworks within the organization, risk management, um, how we kind of prioritize the risk in our, our, our mitigation efforts uh, within the organization, and then compliance is basically ensuring that we're, we're meeting our customer contractual obligations, satisfying our external regulation obligations, um, as well as any other any other really commitments and obligations that uh, that we have within the organization, so it's quite a quite a lot of stuff. Well, today's podcast episode is titled "How Relationships Improve Business Resilience." So, quite frankly, Mark's on the podcast today because of relationships, 
And so my question for you is throughout your career, you found that building relationships uh, is a really core skill for resilience. Can you share a little bit about why you think relationships are necessary for healthy business continuity? So let me start with the obvious, right? We, we need to get stuff done, right? We need to work with people within our organizations on actions that are necessary for the, for the organization to be better prepared and to be more resilient, uh, as well as we know when those events do occur, we rely on other people and not just ourselves, again, to take action, to be able to respond, make decisions, and communicate. What, what we don't always realize is that people aren't as logical as we'd like them to be, right? We like to think that everyone's just going to go ahead and do the things that are necessary to prepare and to respond just because it's the stuff they need to do. Uh, but we find that really, even though there are things that people know they need to do, they're much more apt to do them if they've got a connection within the organization. If, if they have a relationship with somebody, then they're much more willing to kind of take that responsibility on. As a professional and a practitioner, it becomes much easier for you to approach people that you have a positive good working relationship with in order to make requests or even even to take some responsibility on for those folks. So really relationships is probably the most foundational aspect of any business continuity or resilience program. I would agree with that. I mean, it's, uh, I always say in our world, we influence and in order for you to influence people to get them to do things that they may not want to do or they don't know how to do, yep. <laughs> the yep. relationship has to be there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yep, yep, yep. And they're, they're more willing to do it. It's, it's, if they don't have a relationship with you, then that's probably why they don't want to do it. But if you've already kind of established a relationship and there's kind of a mutual understanding of what each other's priorities are, um, then there's there's just kind of a more natural inclination to take some of these, these steps and take on some of these responsibilities. Responsibilities. So can you share a story about maybe a relationship in your career uh, that really helped to drive home to you the importance of why relationships are so important for this profession? Uh, I, have to, I have to pick one out of the many. Um, <laughs> and I, I often say the, the, only, the only way I've learned how to do things correctly within resilience and, and, and business continuity is by having done them wrong initially. Uh, so my story hopefully will resonate with a lot of people. <laughs> this is this is a lesson I've had to learn multiple times. But uh, the one instance that really kind of stands out in my mind is many years ago, having to respond to an event and having to contact um, a senior member of the organization. Fortunately, this wasn't at 3 a.m. on a Saturday, but it, it did happen to be like 7 or 8 p.m. on a Friday. So the end of the work week, I'm now having to call somebody that I've never spoken with before. So I did not have that relationship to begin with. And now I'm in the awkward position of not only having to say, hey, we've had this incident that's disrupting our operations and we need you engaged and involved, but I have to initiate that conversation by introducing myself. Hi, I'm, I'm Mark Armour. I run the business continuity program. That's why you are hearing from me at this point in time. Um, and, and things, you know, fortunately, this is somebody who is willing to engage and was pretty friendly. But um, I feel that the result of that is that the relationship was not as strong as it could have been from that point forward, because there was kind of there was perhaps a perception that I wasn't as proactive as perhaps I could have been, because here I never reached out. I never established that relationship beforehand so that when that event did occur, now I'm in that 
that situation where I'm having to introduce myself. And, and the truth is it, it makes those situations just much, much more awkward because yeah. again, you, you're not reaching out to somebody you already know or, or, or who at least knows who you are. Um, you're having to do that introduction at the same time. Now bring them into, into some kind of event that's unfolding at that point in time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago and um, they asked us to do something. And I said, honestly, I knew he wasn't going to select us to do it because he just didn't know us and the relationship mm. wasn't there. Yeah. So he perceived that as you guys didn't want to do it. And I said, well, no, I just kind of knew the signs and I know you don't know me. And mm. I know it's going to take a little bit for you to be able to build that relationship, which then comes with trust to ultimately lead to a partnership. And I just didn't think that it was the best time for us to be yeah. able to go down that path. So that's a great story. <laughs> In crisis, it's like, if I got to call you to do something that you're not accustomed to doing, you've never heard my voice. It's like, that's a bit of a hurdle. And yeah. I think it, it, it helps hopefully practitioners to understand in your day-to-day -day role, what activities are you doing to get to know the people that you may have to work with when this thing is actually activated? Yep. And what, what could you do differently? Right. Mm -hmm. ah, so, 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 so to answer that question, right. Is I, I think we're sometimes hesitant to take time away from people who may be very senior in the organization or, or even people who are middle managers or supervisors, knowing that they're probably extremely busy, but as, as difficult as sometimes that may be, when the sun is shining and everything's coming along perfectly and you know they're kind of focused on day-to-day -day operations, it is way easier than doing that, again, in the, in the middle of some kind of crisis or some kind of disruptive event, um, or maybe even because you've perhaps got some kind of regulatory issue or some kind of compliance issue that you have to deal with. Um, how, to, how to go about it is, you know, it's just start by doing. Um, put time on the calendar. Um, don't have an agenda is usually what, what I recommend. So don't go into these introductory meetings with some kind of deliverable or some kind of action item. That way, it's really just about forming that relationship. And again, I think, I think people are hesitant to do that, again, because we tend to think that people are busy. If they don't see an agenda or some kind of action item on their part, then they're less willing to engage. And I found the opposite is actually true just like us, everybody's extremely busy. If you have 20 or 30 minutes to really just kind of have an open dialogue and maybe just have a, have a conversation with somebody, people really, really enjoy that at every level within the organization. And again, the results of that, the consequence coming out of those initial discussions is it becomes much easier to then return to that person when you perhaps need some kind of action or deliverable, um, or you have some kind of request. And then the, the other part of that that I would add on to is when you go into these discussions, too often, I think from a business continuity perspective, we're thinking in terms of, well, what can this person do for me? I'm engaging with this person because they have some responsibility or they might have to take some action either preparedness or response, I need to kind of cue that up. I think we need to change that paradigm and go into these conversations thinking, how can I support this person? What can I do to help them? And as part of that conversation, be open to finding out, well, what are their struggles in terms of business continuity, resilience, and preparedness? And as part of those conversations, maybe not go into those with a solution, but just be open and willing to kind of receive that feedback and maybe come back to them at a later time with some solutions or maybe open up that conversation for some workshops 
and some more collaborative efforts that may come into play. So Mark, you know, you, you've talked about some of the challenges as to why people may not initiate, right? And it could mm-hmm. be personality. Um, so you're an open leader where you would encourage your workforce to reach out to people, even to people that may be above your role in the organization. Absolutely. But not every leader is like Mark. <laughs> so <laughs> for those people who might be listening, who, who say, well, my boss would be so frustrated if I reached out to chief so-and-so or VP so-and-so, what recommendations do you have for that person who might be experiencing some challenges or how, how do they communicate up to their boss to say, hey, here's the benefit that this relationship could, could help us with? Um, I, I think you described it. Uh, so I think, it's, I think it's two things. I think it's maybe establishing a, a better, more trusting relationship with your manager or you, your superior. So uh, again, sometimes these relationships they're top down for a reason because you're in an organizational hierarchy, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the dynamic of that relationship. And if you approach it from that perspective, think of it in terms of of your equals and all you're trying to do is maybe impart your perspective, not to influence, not to change their mind, but simply share what what your approach is and how you feel things could be done. And and it might be be evolutionary. We, We can't go into these thinking that, that initial conversation is going to change some minds or result in some action on the part of the person you're dealing with. We have to be willing to let these things play out over time. We have to be a little bit more patient perhaps than, than maybe we're willing to be knowing as much uh, as there is on our plates and the, the work that we have to do. Thank you. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, again, I've only I've only come by these by having done it, done it the wrong way many times in the past. So. <laughs> So last question for you, um, you are a wealth of knowledge and you're very innovative in how you think and how you see the world. And, and more importantly, I always call you a disruptor to the business continuity profession. I am grateful for how you. you have challenged us and uh, forced us as a profession to think about things differently. Um, by chance, do you have any resources that you can share with our listeners? Uh, sure. So the, the best one is LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Just search Mark Armour. You should be able to, to find me, particularly if, if, if we're in the same industry or the same profession. You can follow me on Twitter. Not nearly as active as I think I should be. Uh, my Twitter my Twitter handle is BC, like business continuity underscore revolution. I'm open to people emailing me as well. I am uh, My personal email is M like Mark, N like Nancy, J like Julie, my last name, Armour, A-R-M-O-U-R, at gmail.com. And then if you're really looking for resources, uh, me and one of my colleagues, Dr. David Lindstedt with Ohio State University, um, have a website called adaptivebcp.org. And from there, uh, you can get all sorts of resources. There's there's links to lots of research out there. Uh, There's videos, there's links to podcasts, such as this one, most likely. Um, And if you can't find what you're looking for, then absolutely reach out to me on LinkedIn or via email. Thank you for listening to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast brought to you by Asphalus Advisors and Disaster Recovery Journal. Make sure you check out the show notes for this episode to see all the upcoming events, programs, and ways we can support you. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and share it with a friend. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.